housemate's calling me, which is a strange... Let me just see what she wants. <laughs> Go on, then. Hello, babe. Hello, can you please bring me some toilet paper upstairs? <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ross. Hello, Sarah. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And uh, nice to be recording a new series of What on Earth. I'm so excited. It's also nice to see a person that I don't live with. It's nice to see a friendly face that isn't yeah. my fiance or my in-laws. You're really locked down over there, aren't oh, you? We are locked down in West Sussex. Ooh. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm in Hackney with my four housemates. Uh, so a chaotic but beautiful time. That sounds hectic. Over here. It is, but it's great. I love your pillow <laughs> fort. You've really got the acoustics nailed there. Thank you. I live in a very loud house, so I have surrounding me lots of blankets and pillows and duvets. I well, might keep it. Well done. Sound awesome. Look awesome. How is your beautiful room? Yeah, good. It's not the best room in the world. It is a room that nobody's really been in in this cottage for like 50 years. Um, is it haunted? Yes. I'm not even going to speculate. It is 100% haunted. Anyway, so this is uh, a special episode for episode one of series three, uh, where we're going to be looking at coronavirus. A lot of people have been saying it's good for the environment. I guess what we're going to do is break down all of the different things that people have been saying um, and the different subjects around coronavirus and the environment and what link they have together and whether they are having a positive effect on the environment or a negative effect on the environment. Definitely. And it felt like we couldn't really kick off a series without talking about it because it is literally all that's in the news um, and it's affected everybody globally. So it makes sense for us to have this conversation first. Uh, And then we're going to talk a little bit more in the series about things that you can do to be more sustainable during this time. So we're going to look at what you can cook and what people are eating. We're going to look at make, do and mend. We're going to look at growing. It's going to be great. I'm going to talk all about my allotment. Just going to bang on about that for a whole episode. It's going to be great. I've heard about this allotment a lot already. (laughs) I feel like it's... Carrots, mate. Carrots for days. Tell me about the beetroots. What kind of beetroots you got? Golden beetroots and purple beetroots. Oh, mate, it's it's special. It's special out there. But that is a whole different episode. Today, we're looking at coronavirus broadly and the different things uh, that have changed as a result of this new world that we're living in. Yeah, before we actually get into the serious bits, but talking about this new world, how crazy is it that we can record a podcast in separate counties over the internet? It's fantastic. It's just it's just nice to, it's nice to see you. Hi, even though we can't be together in the studio. (laughs) All right, let's get started. So today we're going to do a special episode. We're not going to be looking at the past, present and future. We're just going to be discussing um, COVID-19, coronavirus and the climate. And there's been a lot of like, I mean, there's been quite a lot of negativity around this subject, hasn't there? Yeah, and there's been a lot of misinformation as well uh, by people saying... It's great that we're not flying and we're not driving and emissions are going down. So that means that global warming is fixed, yeah. which isn't true. But then also a lot of negativity by people saying that the coronavirus is good because there are benefits to climate change. And I think that's really dark. Horrible we stuff. Like, we'll try and lean away from that. Sustainability is about, you know, looking after and protecting each other and the planet, not just protecting the planet and wiping humans off the earth. That's a horrible thing to say. It's a bad, bad road to go down. Exactly. Uh, 
And I think with this one, the reason we don't want to go for past, present, and future is because it's a big topic to discuss and it feels wrong to just ram yeah. a format over the top of this discussion. <laughs> it's not very niche, um, but there is a lot to be spoken about. So I think the best way we can do this is break it down. Um, so first of all, emissions. So let's start off with um, global emissions because i mean it's a big is a big subject but i am interested in um you know have carbon emissions gone down is that a good thing for the environment like what's the situation with all this sarah we're just diving straight in there to the good stuff this is a conversation that a lot of people have been having because emissions in some places have gone down uh, which would make sense because if your country's in a lockdown people aren't getting on planes they're not using cars yeah big offices aren't needing energy so in those situations global emissions have gone down um there was something crazy like an 18 percent drop in emissions in china wow. um over february and march while they're in lockdown but which... like that's because china is uh like a, a monolith of manufacturing you know that that we're not going to see that same kind of reduction in other countries are we they're also a huge country uh oh, so it's yeah. a good point that <laughs> that reduction of 18% is about half of UK emissions. So it is massive when you look at the reduction. But obviously that's only happening for a few months. Yeah. So while it seems really massive when we talk about it now that these dips are happening, actually, if in June everything goes back to normal, it's going to be quite a small blip. Um, and what we really need to look for is what are the long-term changes that are happening to mean that emissions could go down after this rather than, oh, well, it went down for ages at the beginning of the year. So now I can do whatever I want. So I feel like the thing with this period of time is that it's a bit like dry January. Mm. And you get two types of people who do dry January. You get the people who use it as a way to address their relationship with alcohol and make the small changes and then, you know carry on afterwards feeling much better about themselves and then you get the other type of people who just binge hard on February 1st and we basically want to be the first type of people right yeah (laughs) so I think you know ideally and the thing that we've been advocating for for ages is making small sustained changes rather than gorging on fossil fuels when the lockdown is over yeah Um, and that's what you don't want is people are like yes i'm finally free and i can get out of my house and i'm gonna spend (laughs) all my money on a brand new car i'm gonna go burn some coal (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um so how do we know what this looks like i mean obviously we can't see into the future but is there anything that we can like look back on are there any trends where this has happened before it seems historically that is what humans have done if you look at the 2008 financial crash emissions went down uh, because there was a global recession so people weren't buying as much people weren't making as much but then to try and kickstart the economy everyone was like yeah let's go and buy and make loads more stuff yeah so emissions went up to a peak that has been rising ever since so i think if you look at it historically it says that emissions might go down for a little bit and then we're going to get really insane about it and have all the carbon. So I, I guess there's a correlation between the economy and carbon emissions. Definitely. So if so, the economy goes down, carbon emissions go down. And as we try to reboot the economy, we're also rebooting carbon emissions. I guess what we need to do then is 
channel all that energy into renewables, right? Definitely one of the things to think about. So is there, can we put all of that investment that we're putting into nasty energy, into clean energy that's renewable and it's going to be super cheap for people. But, and this is a much broader conversation than I can fully understand, but uh, I'm sure people listening will be able to fathom it. But is the way that we want to build the economy the same business as usual? We need to get bigger and grow more and produce more stuff in order to have the biggest economy, Mm. which clearly isn't working for the environment. So I guess the thing that coronavirus has in common with climate change is that they are both global issues. So what we really need to do is get the whole world, like every government, to come together and work together to, to help, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think what this has shown a lot of us is that we are not isolated beings and we're not isolated countries but whether we like it or not we are all interconnected and what we do affects other people and it affects other countries and we need to come together as a united front and I hope what this has shown people even on a local level I've had so many things about people who've now got whatsapp groups for their street uh, so that they can look out for older people stuff that would have never have happened before and suddenly you realize that you are part of a community and if that can scale up and scale up and scale up and we realize that we're a massive global community and we can't just look out for ourselves because it isn't going to work exactly i mean you might have to endure some really not funny memes but (laughs) if it means the 92 year old at the end of your street gets their essentials then that's you know that's how we're going to have to move forward in this world (laughs) we're just going to have to put up with the bad memes have you noticed any changes that you've made or like noticed things about your lifestyle that maybe weren't sustainable before that have changed since lockdown has happened so like as someone with anxiety like i'm really really bad at getting public transport anywhere and i drive all the time so i think one of the things for me has been that i have been driving so much less I've also been enjoying, um, you know, doing a lot more cooking. I've been doing so much baking. I've been growing my own um, leeks and onions and shallots and carrots. You're a regular little farmer now. I'm living off the land. (laughs) What about you? Yeah, I think super lucky that I'm working and I'm at home, but that I've had a bit more time to bring a bit less chaos into my life. I feel like I live in London and I live an hour away from my job. Uh, So not spending an hour on a tube and then on a bus, but having that extra bit of time to be like, oh, actually, if I plan my life a little bit better, I can cook every night and make lunches and not spend loads of money eating stuff out and buying it out, but also growing as well. I've got little tomato babies, Uh. which are outside and I'm looking after so I think just having a little bit more time and like me and my housemates are all cooking together which we've never ever done before because we're all on crazy schedules Mm -hmm. so just having the ability to be like oh actually we don't all have to buy five shops and then waste half of it at the end of the week there's a different there's another way to live I've noticed my food waste has gone massively down uh, partly due to the fact that we have compost bins Mm. here but um, also just because we've been eating everything we've been eating everything that's in the fridge and not in a ridiculous 
you know eating unnecessarily way but the just just using up rather than because i don't want to go to the shops yeah (laughs) so we're just eating what we've got which is i mean something we've been talking about about for ages but now suddenly it's something everyone wants to talk about because for a little bit there wasn't a lot of food in the supermarkets which was really scary for people and i think maybe brought home the fact that we're so reliant on those shops yeah and i think it's inspired a lot of people to think about where their food comes from yeah. and maybe try growing it themselves and try cooking it um so hopefully that's something that carries over for sure rather than i think in the uk we throw away a third of the food that we buy normally i'd be interested to see what that's like during lockdown funny you should ask we did a survey looking at people's food habits while they're in lockdown and half of the people that we chatted to said that they were throwing away less food, but also that they were valuing the food that they were buying more. Yeah, which man. I think is a really interesting shift. My eggs are like golden eggs now. I'm sort of, sort of like cradling them when I, I use them. If you drop an egg, that's like, you know, the worst. Sacrilege. <laughs> I think maybe it's helping some people to enjoy the smaller things and actually something about having a full fridge is amazing and being able to make something out of odds and ends that you've got left over and not go to the shop is a treat what else have we noticed that's changed a big one a massive one is flying people are getting into planes less because we literally aren't allowed outside our houses even if countries aren't on lockdown they've still seen a massive reduction in people who are actually taking planes we know that to bring global emissions down flying is one of the things that we need to focus on yeah. it's a massive contributor to emissions and it's getting bigger as more and more people are flying so this is a chance i think for people to review whether they want to get on that extra plane a year if there's something else that they can do but also for the airline industry to think about how they can be more sustainable moving forward. Yeah, I think the thing about flying is that we are taking all of the positives of globalization and none of the negatives. So the positives being that we can go wherever we want, whenever we want, providing we have the money to do so. Um, and, And we're leaving the negatives behind, which are the fact that flying contributes to climate change. And actually, as an earth, we need to come together and solve these issues if we're going to be as connected as we actually are. Yeah, I think that's coming back to the point that you made earlier about all of us being in it together. Yeah. Because actually the proportion of people who have been in a plane is tiny, which when you think about the amount of flights that are happening all around the world is a little bit scary. So I think that's definitely something that people are going to be having a conversation about, as well as other kinds of travel, like not going into work every day and companies realising that their employees defo can work from home. Yeah. And they're I mean, getting as much work done. This is the thing, though. Like, I always think that I would be seen as lazy if I t- decided to work from home. But actually, like, I've noticed that my productivity has been way higher. Not to... <laughs> not to he was doing a rubbish job before. <laughs> but... It's nice because I'm comfortable and like everybody's different and some people thrive in really social, um, really collaborative environments and some people don't like getting the tube and that's absolutely fine. It's especially big for those really massive 
companies who employ thousands and thousands of people and have always had the policy that you're not allowed to work from home because we are a company who comes into the office nine to five mm. and that's how you show that you're committed. And actually they're realising that their employees can work from home and, and they can be just as productive. Yeah. And they're paying for these huge office spaces for everyone to come into every day. Um, and I think the tide will start to turn for the better so that we can have a more flexible working environment so you don't have hundreds of thousands of people trying to commute every single day for an hour actually just stay at home save the money save the emissions get as much work done the one thing i have noticed is an accumulation of more rubbish in the household that's Um, interesting and i did do some reading about um plastic use going up you know, Amazon have just hired a hundred thousand workers to deal with, you know, extra deliveries that they're getting at the moment. I guess it could go two ways, but it might prompt some people to notice how much they're throwing away and then reevaluate the That's stuff a really that they're good buying. Point, actually, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, I did a challenge once where I collected all my plastic for a week for Hubbub. Yeah, and it was so shocking, and I think just having it all in a bag really made me think about the stuff that I was buying. So I wonder if it will do that for people who are at home. Yeah, maybe that's me. Maybe I'm not producing as much waste. I'm just noticing the waste that I'm creating. Yeah. Because I've got way too much spare time. (laughs) (laughs) The Amazon one is a really interesting thing as well. Because obviously, we need to. if we can't go to shops, it's a good way of getting stuff. But there's definitely been a rise in people buying lots of stuff they maybe don't need because they're bored. Yeah clothes especially like fast fashion retailers have seen a massive boom of people just going crazy really ordering loads of stuff yeah because you're at home you don't you know if you are at home you're kind of sitting around on your laptop you feel a bit rubbish so you want to make yourself feel better but Um, we've um, at hubbub i mean the data shows that buying things doesn't make you feel any better right yeah i'll make you feel better for a little bit and then i'll make you feel worse Ah, (laughs) right so if you are fast fashion buying to alleviate the sadness of being stuck in self-isolation then sorry mate it's not working it's not working and i mean we're not saying that you shouldn't buy something if you need it but i think the i'm gonna buy this and i'm gonna buy lots of it to make myself feel better even though i can't actually use it or go outside is a really interesting one so uh, that is again another place where people might be able to reevaluate their whole relationship with fashion yeah because people do have a chance to maybe mend something that they've had in the back of their wardrobe for ages or declutter so they can work out what they actually have i've got so much stuff that i've found since i've been in lockdown where Amazing. I'm like, i love this dress oh, it's just so, been I'm, like i'm so jealous i'm literally stuck at my in-laws with like three t-shirts <laughs> so that's fashion what else has been I mean, we've seen changes across the whole board. Like, what else has been, have people been talking about in regards to coronavirus and climate change? I think something that we should definitely be keeping an eye on and talking about is that some places, um, definitely the US and China, but I'm sure lots of other countries will be following, are using this as an opportunity to roll back some of the environmental protections that have been put in place over the last 30 years. Um So I think that's something which is really worrying, especially when we should be trying to move towards more environmental protections. Um, To see those things happening is a little bit scary. 
And I think it's worth really keeping an eye and like write to your MP if you think that there's something going on that you don't agree with um, and make sure that the laws that help keep the environment safe aren't being repealed in order to bring back a really carbon intensive economy. What about you? What have you been noticing that people have been chatting about about coronavirus and sustainability? I actually read something really interesting about scientists working from home. And actually, there's going to be a sort of blip in data coverage at the moment because scientists can't get into their labs. uh, They can't get into the places that they've been testing for years. um, Stuff like uh, ocean conservation, conservation. wildlife habitats all of this kind of stuff scientists are actually stuck and can't get to the places that they need to to record data so i wouldn't have even thought about that exactly um and like that's going to be a problem in the short term but it will be fixable but if this goes on for longer we're going to have this massive gap in data um which is not good for us when we keep track of stuff like endangered species and even even carbon emissions you know, this is a global thing and we need scientists around the globe documenting things and they can't. Also because labs have been converted into spaces where people are, you know, searching for the vaccines or creating tests. Uh, So there's been this whole 180 in the science industry where stuff isn't happening. That is so interesting. It's really important um, for us to get those scientists back into their workplace to continue uh, tracking what's going on with the world. If you are a scientist at home who's listening to this, I want to know what that is like. I'd love to know a little bit more about the practicalities of what you're doing in that situation. Um, And I'm sure some people have, as we've set up a studio in our room, I wonder if scientists have set up labs in (laughs) in their kitchens. In there. I kind of imagine scientists like teachers. You know, I always thought the teachers slept at school. I can only imagine <laughs> scientists in the lab. But yeah, that's a really interesting thing where, um, you know, there's going to be a period of time where there's no data. I was chatting to a TV producer the other day who was also talking about how there's just going to be like no TV shows in 18 months time because they all run on the same um, like release schedule. It's going to be a lot of repeats of stuff going on. <laughs> Get used to Homes Under the Hammer. Woo! I can't wait. My boyfriend loves Homes Under the Hammer. I swear to God, every time I message him, he's watching Homes Under the Hammer. I don't. <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> I love it. Um, I uh, also wanted to talk about air pollution. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting one. Because, um, and we've covered this before, where air pollution is really bad in cities. Uh, Places like Boston have actually banned cars going into the city at the moment. That's amazing. So pedestrians can uh, social distance when they're walking around and be much safer. That's really great. And something that I think should probably be happening, I mean, pedestrianisation of cities, wouldn't it be cool if you could go into London just on a normal day and not have loads and loads of traffic streaming past you. I read something interesting about um, roads being the veins of a city and you can just imagine like cars being a really bad sort of disease that goes through the veins of our cities. And if we pedestrianise and plant trees in all of these places, it's like taking fish oil tablets for your uh, cholesterol. It's really good for you. I love that. That's a beautiful metaphor. (laughs) I think you're totally right, though. And obviously, the way to fix 
air pollution can't be for all of us to stay in lockdown forever because that is not achievable or feasible. But I think that it has given us like so many things, an opportunity to think about is there a different way that we could do this? And when we do start being able to go outside of our houses again, do we want to go back to having loads of traffic and really busy roads? Or is there another way that we could do things? Because we're going to have to start using less cars to help the environment, um, which is going to mean better public transport and more people using it, more people walking and cycling. The, the thing about air pollution is that it's actually really complicated And we have gone so far down the path of air pollution. Actually, getting rid of air pollution would change the world in different ways. So I was reading about um, cargo ships and how they release uh, sulfate particulates, which brighten the clouds and deflect the sun, actually cooling down the earth. So What? I, I don't even know where to start when it when it comes to that. Obviously, the solution is to get rid of it all. <laughs> I think that it, you're right. It is. It can feel really massive, uh, and I think that the place to start is at an individual level. So just thinking about you and your personal air pollution emissions and so, your exposure as well. Your personal yeah, exposure. Definitely, that's a really good point. Your personal exposure. But like you're saying, if you've noticed since you've been in lockdown, you're driving less. And does that mean when we come out of lockdown, you have one less journey in your car and do it in a different way? That is going to be making a massive difference to air pollution. Or loads of people who have got bikes for the first time, which I think is so nice. Well, you know, maybe we could, uh, as a podcast, vow to continue doing it over Zoom to stop going into the centre of London. (laughs) (laughs) We will be sustainable by recording from our bedroom. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's a good thing that people could do, actually, is what's a pledge that you want to make coming out of this if you do want to make one but is there a change that you've made that's actually been really positive and has saved you money or has made your life easier that's also good for the planet and can you keep doing that when and if life returns to some sort of normality yeah that's i think that's a really nice place for us to round up as well like like what's the one thing that you will do to uh, you know carry on after this lockdown that's going to be good for the environment so what am i going to do i think the one thing i'm going to carry over is never doing the hour-long commute ever again uh because it sucks and (laughs) public transport is good for the environment but there are more sustainable ways of doing it so i need to get my bike fixed i need to actually use it and just commute on my bike if i do go into work don't forget to wear your helmet i'm too clumsy to not wear a helmet what about you, friend? What's going to be your one takeaway? I think I'm just going to leave this life and become a farmer. <laughs> I'm really enjoying my allotment. and a I'm big also rural change. Yeah, I'm also really enjoying baking. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is uh, cook at home more and I'm going to drive less and I am going to um, continue with my allotment, um, which I'm just really enjoying. I, I think... Like, the amount of work that I put into it is ridiculous. It's got so easy to buy fruit and veg from the supermarket. But now there's that added extra of potentially getting ill and potentially infecting your loved ones just by going to the shop. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I'll put a little bit more effort into growing it myself. 
Yeah, I hope that after this, actually, if people do start growing their own food, that we have way more respect for the people who are out there every day farming in the UK because those people are insane. The stuff that they can do and the time that they do it in, like how much time has it taken you to grow that one carrot? I mean, I haven't even grown it yet, but <laughs> <laughs> when it when it's done, it's it's going to be probably like, what, three months, four months? for. It's going to taste so sweet. It's going to be oh. like when you make dinner by yourself and it tastes so much better than anything you could ever get in a restaurant. This one time, your hands. For, for my 18th birthday, when I was like 17 and, and a half, I decided I was going to make strawberry wine for my 18th birthday. And That's very classy. Yeah, well, I think I just wanted to get drunk cheaply. So I decided to make this strawberry wine. It took six months and my 18th birthday came around. I was so excited. It literally tasted like nail varnish remover, acetone. It was horrible. I'm hoping that the carrot doesn't taste like nail varnish remover. You've been burned before, I can see. <laughs> it's so much hard work. Like I have, I mean, I'm going to show you my hands over Zoom now, but <gasps> they are absolutely countrified. Oh, pal, I'm yeah. a city boy. Like, you know, my hands were baby hands, thin-skinned and very, very weak. Now they're like meat plates. They are coarse that is a hard a great thing to take into this new world no more city baby hands <laughs> <laughs> exactly so that's me um but i think what we would really love to hear from you is you know what are you going to pledge to do after this lockdown um for sustainability reasons yeah, and send it to us on our socials, which are Instagram at Hello Hubbub or Twitter Hubbub UK, or send us an audio recording of your pledge. Maybe we can play it. Yeah, and if you hear anyone out there saying that coronavirus is a good thing for the environment, send them this podcast and um, maybe don't speak to them again. <laughs> Cut them out. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for hanging out. Um, we will be back next week with another episode where we are going to be talking all about what sarah food oh, we're going to be talking mate. about food i can talk about food for days yeah i'm really excited we're going to be looking a little bit about um what was happening in the past uh so back in the good old days when they didn't have supermarkets how were they getting their food and how are they cooking it and how is it going to change now that we're moving into a space where maybe people are thinking more about what they're cooking what they're buying um, and how we can take those habits into this brave new world sounds great um so i will see you then sarah see you next week this podcast was brought to you by hubbub stay safe and stay indoors 